Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mass Construction Show. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is a podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by Central, commercial carpenters, and supporters of our conversations. Today, we're going to talk about just a couple of random things, things that I've found interesting as of late, one of them being the East Palestine explosion chemical factories. If people have been listening and more so following on Instagram, you'll know my hatred for plastic. I get it. We need plastic for a lot of things. We do not need it for many others. Right now, there is a fake plastic plant factory going up, and I don't know if that's really needed. I don't know if plastic uh, bananas need to be wrapped in plastic or some of the other unnecessary uses of plastic plastic in the world and what could we do to reduce that so i'm not being unrealistic we need plastic it does a lot of wonderful things but we also have a ton of wasteful applications because it is cheap and things that we could do differently to protect both the environment and ourselves because there is a large number of endocrine disrupting chemicals in plastic that are not good for our health so what can we do to get our food out of plastic, get plastic out of our water systems, um, both supply and waterways where animals live, and it disrupts their hormones as well. So there's a lot of gnarly stuff with plastics. There's a lot of downstream effects just from having them in use. There is obviously the catastrophes that we're seeing and the harm that they cause. Uh, If you remember, Andrew Welton came in and talked about the uh, SIP cast in place piping that is you know like a kind of steam pressure injected plastic molding that relines underground pipes and the exposure happening there young man that died in the process of installing that so for a whole host of reasons plastic can be and often is bad news and then there's also the part of recycling the you know we had john fisher from the dep on talking about what you actually can recycle and can't recycle. And such a small amount of this plastic gets recycled. Uh, On Instagram, I shared that, you know, they had a Super Bowl thing of, hey, what can you recycle and what you can't? The majority of plastic does not get recycled. It is maybe marked recyclable with that little circle and the triangle on the bottom, but economically it doesn't happen because it's more expensive to recycle than it's worth so nobody wants the stuff we were shipping it overseas and then you know i think it was i forget which news outlet but somebody did a great piece on it where a lot of the plastics ended up overseas and just ended up in waterways and you know littered and dumped uh out in the environment so really bad news we have to do something about it you can start by purchasing things in glass goes a long way using, you know, uh, shampoo bars rather than shampoo bottles. There's lots of things you can do to reduce the amount of plastic you're using. And I encourage everybody to kind of do that. And I guess the other thing that's strange about this Ohio explosion, and I hate to, like, I don't want to make it about left and right, but uh, because, you know, I, I am left on a lot of things and I'm right on a lot of things. But you know, this seems like it would be the perfect thing for the left to get behind, uh, you know, big corporations uh, polluting the environment. And for whatever reason, there's been a tremendous amount of radio silence from both sides. But I actually see the right 
slightly reporting on it more than the left. And I'm like, this is the left's wheelhouse. Why are they not over all over this? It's it seemed to be a poorer community, uh, which we should be trying to protect. This is uh, presumably a big corporation. I don't know. I know they talk a lot about the um, railway company. I don't know who the owner of these chemicals are, but assumably it's some big plastic corporation. So I don't understand it. I, I'm surprised this is not getting much more um, press as like an oil spill would get or something like that. Uh, you know, I've been looking at it not uh, an insane amount, but looking at it fairly frequently to kind of see what's happening. And when I posted on an Instagram, a lot of people are like, yeah, I had to try and just Google something because I couldn't find anything on it. So uh, this was a weird one. I don't know why I have no theories on it and not being a conspiracy theorist. It's just that this seems like it's a major environmental disaster the way things went about, the amount of information they're sharing with the people it reminds me of, um, what was it, Julia Roberts' movie? I forget the name of it. Everybody's probably uh, yelling it at their phone right now. But yeah, something something doesn't smell right there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when uh, all the light of day gets shined on this environmental disaster, which is what it is. Up next, a little more positive news is this this kind of what i'll say government government done right you know a lot of times i think government is done wrong but there is this group called drive ohio it's not a group you know i think it might be it's part of i think the ohio dot and i don't know if it's like a, a grouping of a bunch of different organizations but long story short is they are going to be deploying connected vehicles in this what do they call it? they call it the route 33 smart mobility corridor so what they're doing is they are testing all types of mobility so cars drones whatever and they have gotten a 77.5 million dollar grant from us dot to try and test out automated vehicles on that stretch it's in rural two-lane roads they've tested it in you know closed settings but they want to put it out on the road and try and get some feedback on it what i'm going to do is i'm going to drop in uh, a couple of uh, a couple of pieces of audio from the beta district i think they call it they call it the i want to say they call it the beta district it's that smart mobility corridor 33 I want to drop that in. You can hear what that group is doing. I want you to hear a little bit from Ohio Department of Transportation, what they're doing. Um, I think that's interesting. And I think it's some good news. It's something we can get behind. So. Central Ohio has always been America's great test bed. If you can prove yourself in Columbus, you can prove yourself in America. The Beta District was conceived as a place for testing, to attract companies and innovators and investors to come to Central Ohio and test their innovations around smart mobility. 
The Beta District is hugely important because it brings together entities from both the government sector and private sector to really push transportation forward. As the CIO of the City of Dublin, my job is to look over the horizon. The Beta District was designed to be the perfect place for people to come and test their own innovations. We've been working with the Beta District to deploy connected vehicle infrastructure, which really means we're supporting the exchange of messages between the roadside and vehicles to improve safety and reduce congestion. Well, at Honda, we've been researching connected vehicles for more than a decade, and we have been looking for a place to evaluate in the real environment. The Beta District provide a perfect location it's very fortunate to have a data center right in the heart of the Beta District. The Beta District is so proximal to state-of-the-art research labs, academia, different landscapes, urban, exurban, suburban, rural, and so all those factors combined could allow it to support a continued evolution of mobility technology. I see outstanding potential for the Beta District. If you want to start a business, if you want to grow your business, we have the tools to make that happen. What we're building, it will improve people's life in this region and other regions can copy the model and we can spread to more regions across the U.S. and even globally. The Beta District is the future of Beta because it supports this continued transformation of transportation. Uh, more than just the technical aspects of creating a safer place for mobility. I hope that investors and deal makers and inventors see the place as some place to meet their next partners, their next ideas can be hatched here. Uh, that's what I hope to see. The first deployment, they're going to have three passenger vehicles that are traveling on those roads to see how they do in but, you know, obviously no driver in it, just completely remote. And the second deployment will be two 53-foot tractor trailers connected by technology that lets them travel closely together at highway speed. So I'm guessing they'll be front to back and they'll be able to drive at highway speed. So 53-foot tractor trailer is going to be interesting to see them driving with no person. So I'm interested to see how that Turns out I'm excited, you know, this whole thing. And when I say government done right, it's exciting because what you have is you have schools, you have Department of Transportation in Ohio, you have over 70 automotive companies and they're all in this little area and they're all investing money, both public and private. They put down $15 million worth of fiber network on that stretch. So they have great connectivity and they're looking to find out, is this a way that we can have safe autonomous vehicles that can solve problems, make for safer roadways and be more efficient, both from a cost and travel time. So it's exciting. And the fact I, I like that they, uh, the guy from the Department of Transportation says that, you know, I think he uses the phrase, the phrase of, we really should be the Department of Mobility. I like that they're thinking beyond what's available now. And he actually talks about, you know, what are the jobs of the future that we haven't even imagined? So in the rare case, government done well, kudos Ohio. I think this is great. You know, in the past, you see the government kind of trying to pick winners and losers and nobody likes that. A, because it's not fair, uh, and then B, because what if we're throwing all these tax dollars behind 
a technology or a company that isn't the right technology. You know, that's something that I think we should let the market figure out. But if government can do things like create the environment, have the infrastructure in place, so these private companies and colleges can come in and test out their stuff on public ways, because at the, fa the fact of the matter is we need the government here because we need to put them on public roads. So Ohio, kudos to you doing a great job providing the infrastructure to allow this kind of testing and technology to happen. On behalf of Governor Mike DeWine and the Ohio Department of Transportation, which could be called the Ohio Department of Mobility, we're very excited to partner with the Ohio STEM Learning Network. At Drive Ohio, we define smart mobility to include automated and connected vehicles and infrastructure deployed on the ground and in the air. Our statewide projects solve community challenges across five smart pillars, safety, mobility, access, reliability, and talent. When we talk about safety, we're talking about using new and emerging technology to reduce accidents and save lives. One example is our partnership with Honda to deploy connected vehicles along the US 33 Smart Mobility Corridor in Central Ohio. When we talk about mobility, we're talking about enabling new modes of transportation, some of which haven't been invented or fully imagined yet. One example is our partnership with the Air Force Research Lab on the Sky Vision Project to develop low-altitude air traffic control drones in Southwest Ohio. Exciting stuff. When we talk about access, we're talking about removing barriers and improving access to healthcare, food, jobs, and education for our families, friends, and neighbors. One example is our partnership with the Eastgate Council of Governments in Northeast Ohio to deploy automated shuttles in downtown Youngstown. When we talk about reliability, we're talking about improving the flow of traffic on our roads and reducing trip times for everyone who uses our transportation system. One example is the new I-670 Smart Lane opening later this month in Columbus. When we talk about talent, we're talking about you and your students, training the next generation of our workforce for jobs that don't quite exist to solve problems that haven't fully been defined. At Drive Ohio and the Ohio Department of Mobility, we believe in the power of partnerships. We look forward to working with each of you during the upcoming school year, and we're excited to see how STEM drives Ohio into the future. Up next is Mass Timber. You know, I've been on the Mass Timber train for, wow, probably almost 10, eight years now, I would say. Yeah, probably about eight years now. Been talking about Mass Timber, mostly on LinkedIn. It was back before even the podcast started. And it was this new thing that you know no one had heard about. And it is exciting to see that it continues to gain traction. One of the newest signs of this is um, WebCore, which is a general contractor out of California who does work in multiple sectors. They're doing, you know, large scale, high rise construction. I don't know what their volume is, but we don't, I'm talking um, by looking at them, you know, we're talking, they're doing hundreds of millions of dollars worth of work a year. And they now have a new unit that is a mass timber unit. So they're seeing the opportunity there and that what they're having what they call now web, web core timber. It's going to be its 
bone division. They're going to focus there. They see, in their opinion, they see what they're saying is, quote, a huge appetite for mass timber, and they are investing heavily with time, manpower, and in planning just to try and get ahead of what could be happening moving forward. So that should be interesting. Keep an eye on NFPA 241 with their uh, new chapter on tall mass timber. Although it's unclear what tall mass timber means by definition, uh, haven't been able to figure that one out yet, even sent in a question to the NFPA and didn't really get a great answer on that front. So hopefully in the future, we'll get some clarity there, but mass timber is continuing to get more and more foothold. And that is absolutely exciting. And the last bit of news here that I read, there's a thing called Streets Blog USA. And this one strikes me. It always kind of pops up every now and again. There is an article that comes out that says something that, oh, wow, hey, less traffic guidelines, infrastructure barriers makes for safer roads. And it seems very counterintuitive, right? Uh, but what they kind of deem traffic controls in this article, they talk about a bunch of different studies, some uh, or antidotes, e anecdotes even, you know, in Florida and London and Ireland, and they talk about places where they took away the center lines and they took away the center lines and accidents plummeted. Another one was where they had a broken traffic light. Accidents plummeted. So uh, curbs being removed brought down traffic accidents as well. I think it slowed people down because they, there wasn't like a clear delineation with the person walking on the sidewalk. And I only throw it out there because, you know, often we're thinking about how do we design places better? And I think there could be a counter counterintuitive approach to this and not just take all these accepted standards that, you know, strong town kind of rails against often with whatever the handbook for street design or whatever the hell it's called. And you know, maybe take a look and say what, you know, what is the right way to design a street? And maybe the handbook isn't right. And maybe adding all these signs and lights and stripes and this and that is not helping making us making us any safer. Very counterintuitive, but maybe something to consider, maybe something that we can test. All right. Got a bit of a mixed bag today. Uh, just trying to change things up for you. Listener not have it always be an interview and tell me what you think. Hopefully you could also sign up for the Mass Construction Network. We have some really cool stuff coming out. If you're local, we have a, a live show that is part of Wentworth's uh, Dean's discussion with Chris Penny from Lee Kennedy. If you'd like to join there, I'll drop that in the show notes as well. So stop by would love to have you if you have any questions that you'd like me to ask chris please forward those along as well other than that hope everyone is making out okay uh, if there's any ohio listeners hope everybody is safe out there thanks for listening appreciate everybody and the mascon world and please go ahead like share write a review anything you can do to help spread the word take care